American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you've arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope, and my guest today is Tomar Wilson. You have seen this dude on Broadway in Book of Mormon. He's done three different companies' versions of Hamilton. You ever heard of that show? He's also appeared on some of your favorite TV shows like Boardwalk Empire, Law & Order, a little movie called Frozen. I've seen that, and that's not all. We had breakfast from Patty's Restaurant in Toluca Lake, and it was terrific. So... It must be nice, it must be nice. Tomer Wilson's on breakfast today. It must be nice, it must be nice. We have Tomer Wilson on breakfast today. <laughs> Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. That could go on a Hallmark card. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He has character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. Yeah. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Tomar Wilson, welcome to Breakfast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here. You just came off of a run of Hamilton where you were playing, depending on what night it was, you were kind of picking up George Washington, Lafayette, and Jefferson. Uh-huh. Or Aaron Burr. Yeah. Are you a crazy person? How do you... Basically. <laughs> How yeah. do you know all those? I mean, that's <laughs> insane. It's a lot. I mean, I did that show for four years. And when I started, I got the offer to okay. stand by for those three roles. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, I was like, there's no fucking way I can do that. Yeah. So I, I took the job and I was like, oh, you know what? I'll probably get fired in a couple months because how does anybody learn all of that? And the first track I learned was Lafayette and Jefferson. And I thought I was going to go crazy because once I started rehearsal, I realized I don't just have to know my stuff. I basically have to learn every word of the show Yep. because I have cues that Hamilton's rapping fast. Yeah. You know, there was a day in rehearsal where they were like, okay, you're in, you're going to enter on, if not, then I'll be Socrates throwing verbal rocks at these mediocrities. And I was like, wait, that's in this show? <laughs> like somebody says those words in this wow. show? And I was like, I need to, we need to take a break because my mind just exploded. Wow. <laughs> but after that, I, re you know, I learned every word in the show. Okay. And it was fine because then it just, it becomes about knowing when to mute. I'm like, okay, these are not my lines. Put my mute on. Yeah. I'm this person today. I don't say that. I would be terrified to go out there and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have to look down like, oh, what costume am I wearing? <laughs> it happens. It's more like you hear cues from your other characters. Like if I'm yeah. playing Burr and I'm just kind of like standing back in a scene, like on, in a Jefferson scene or something, and I hear a, a music cue or something and my body kind of like does this, like, oh, that's yeah. you, that's you. And I have to be like, nope, it's not me today. Like that was me yesterday. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Oh my God. Well, I remember we came to see you one night, uh, yeah. Tress and I, in the show, and you had done in the matinee Burr, right? Mm -hmm. And then at night, you did Lafayette Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. That's I mean, happened a few times where, you know, two different two different parts in a day is is really a mindfuck. I bet. Yeah. Because you feel like, I just did this, but I didn't do this role. Like, I'm doing something different. 
than I was doing three hours ago in front of 2,000 people, you know? Yeah, I feel mind-fucked trying to remember just the lines to the first song of Hamilton when I'm walking with my <laughs> earbuds in. I mean, so... <laughs> there's no... I mean, it's also... Hamilton's so popular, the audience yeah. will let you know if you fuck up. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> I mean, I've never... I guess I've seen the show, like, several times, and I've never noticed anyone, like... But I'm sure it happens all the time, and it just goes by so quickly. That, yeah, that's the thing. There are, what... 100,000 words or something. Yeah. So if somebody messes up one, you catch it, but then you're onto something else and mm-hmm. you forget about it. Yeah. It's kind of great. That's a great thing about performing is if you mess up, you still got two more hours to like right. get all the They won't remember right. that yeah. later. Yeah. You messed up one word out of 10,000, it's fine. <laughs> but I always tell people when they're coming to the show, like um, a lot of the younger guys who would have the same stress I had come in, I was yeah. like, you know what? Just keep the rhythm in your head. If you lose the words, just keep keep talking. Like yeah. keep like saying syllables. Right. Because if you completely lose it and get off, there's no way you're coming back. You can't catch. But if you up, keep yeah. the syllables, something will click. Now this is the LA version we're talking about right now. The one that's playing in LA. You did it also in Chicago, right? Was yeah. that was that I, different? You were playing. I started in Chicago, still covering the same three roles. Okay. And then I actually left the Chicago company after a year and a half to move out here. Mm-hmm. And I was gone for maybe two days and they called me and said, hey, is there any chance that you can come do the show in Kansas City, which is an hour from my family? Yeah. So I was like, yeah. They were like, can you play Burr for a couple weeks in Kansas City? I was like, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Like, I can go home and play Aaron Mm -hmm. Burr in Hamilton. Yeah. So then I did that with a different company. My whole family got to come and they were like, we're opening the LA company in a year. Will you do that? And I said, well, yeah, I was trying to move to LA when you called me to come to Kansas City. So, of course, I'll do that. And they're like, well, in the meantime, can you go out on the tour for a couple months? So I've bounced around to every company and played all three roles with all three companies. So, so it's just been a while you've been doing all those. That's yeah. That's, so let me ask you a question. And look, I know the answer to this because I know all about the Broadways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some people might not know they're listening. No. So if you're going to like Kansas City uh-huh. and then you're going somewhere else like Chicago that are kind of playing concurrently, right? Mm-hmm. Is the choreography exactly the same or is there slight variances where you might have to learn something slightly different at the it's, different yeah it's like little like tiny differences that just become like isms people are doing the same choreography but they're going to do it in different ways right you know you get little changes like on in this company you're on center on this in this company you're on two in this company like you're a couple of feet more upstage than another company okay you know this company they do it with the right arm so I, for some reason my brain eventually got to a point where i liked that challenge i yeah. liked the like Okay, I'm watching it. I'm watching it on the plane. I'm watching a recording of the Philip Company in Fort Lauderdale, where I'm going to play Lafayette Jefferson tomorrow night. So I'm watching for like the little differences, and I basically base everything off of what I learned. So I'm like, okay, this yeah. is different from what I learned in this way. This is different from what I learned in this way. And it became like fun to challenge myself and try to get all those differences. They were cool about it because they're like, "You're coming in without rehearsing with this cat, right?" You know, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but I would kind of think that once I had played like Aaron Burr for a good deal of time, I got nothing left to prove on stage, really. I mean, right? I don't know if there's going to be a better part than that somewhere. Listen, that's my dream role that I didn't even know existed until it came, came out. Yeah, there's nothing else that I need to do in musical theater. But I will say doing it, as much as I have, it never got easy. Like it was always a challenge. There's always something new to learn and it was always different, especially playing in different theaters. You know, the sound is different in every theater. So it's like, how do I place this where I'm not going to have no voice by intermission? You know? Oh yeah. So some of them you've got to really project more because. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, um, 
the sound design is amazing, but in different houses, it takes them some time to figure it out. But, you know, they get the cast for 20 minutes before the show opens on a Tuesday, and then you do the show for an audience. Mm -hmm. So they're figuring it out as you do the show. You're also figuring out, okay, I can't hear myself here, so I need more of this. And like when you, well, at least I should speak for myself. When I'm singing, if I can't hear myself, I start pushing, you know, so then... By intermission, I'm like, wow, I'm exhausted. Yep. I, I don't know if I can get through a room where it happens with wow. as much voice, you know? So it's all those challenges and stuff. Okay, let's say specifically at the Pantages. Is that a place where you kind of have to push? The weird thing about my job mm-hmm. is sometimes I don't get more than one show at a time. Yeah. So I don't ever really get to find the pacing. So uh. at the Pantages, I did maybe four or five shows in a row, but that was kind of in the middle of my four months there. So by that time, the sound was all figured out and it was really good. The sound design is amazing and everything sounds great at the Pantages. But for me, it ultimately has to come down to like, I got to like take care of myself. I don't know what the sound is going to be today. I don't know what the person next to me is going to sound like. They might be saving and conserving because they've been doing the show every night and they figured out how to do that. I still don't know how to do that in the Pantages because I haven't done this one role eight times in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you never really find that consistency. So it becomes about like, I just got to like think about me. I just think all this stuff is like, you know, it's a lot of stuff I always wonder about, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've done theater, but nothing at the level that you're doing. You know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's a different thing. Like, for example, also, what's it like? I know right now during COVID, there's not really any backstage stuff where the people, people come back. But when they were, I mean, how was that? I mean, it depends. There were, like, say Chicago, there would always be people. It was like, well, it's a popular show everywhere, but it was yeah. a really popular show in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And there would all, people would always have guests. You know, someone would always email me or call me and be like, my cousin's sister's boss's friend is there with their six <laughs> kids. Can you please bring them backstage? And you know, you want to like give people a good yeah. experience. So you do. So sometimes because there's so much happening behind the set, like with props and costumes and all that stuff, they only allow guests to be on the stage. Oh. So everybody comes up on stage. So there could be like 100, 150 people on the stage that you're trying to like corral and keep from climbing on the stairs and keep from touching props and stuff yeah. like that. But it's fun, you know, especially when you see kids up there that get up there and they all take pictures and poses as the Skylar sisters or something like right. that. Right. You know? Oh, that's cool. I was Because I was going to ask you, where do you guys meet? But I guess the stage is the room where it happens. Uh, <laughs> but I'm bummed. So dumb. Uh, cool. Well, congrats on that, man. Uh, I Thank think you. it's so cool just to know somebody that did all those different parts. It's amazing to me, and I uh, I can't imagine the challenges. And um, is there a weirdest thing that happened on stage during any of your shows that you remember? Yeah, like a lot of weird shit happens in, yeah. in live theater, like always. But the, you know, the the main set. If you haven't seen Hamilton, there's like not a whole lot of scenery that comes on that's not already there. But there are two big turntables in the middle of the stage, yep. and you know. Shit happens. And sometimes those turntables get off. And when they get off, they have to reset themselves before you can continue. So to reset, they spin to where they need to be to reset. And you don't have a say in that. Oh, wow. So it's <laughs> so not it's so. Happen- yeah, it's happened where like those, they've reset in the middle of a scene and you just kind of have to keep going and go with it. And everybody yeah. does and you just deal with it. Yeah. It ends up being fun for everybody, oh, that- you know? <laughs> That's interesting. It's something different. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I, I know you uh, were in the original cast also of Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about like two of, I don't know, maybe the two most popular shows yeah. in the past 15 years. Yeah. yeah. At least, yeah. right? How was that? I mean, how did you get involved with that? Like, how, was that? 
That was, it was luck. Like I had seen some of the development of that because from one of my best friends, Nikki James was Nabalungi. She won a Tony for Nabalungi in that show. Okay. So I had seen a couple of the development stages of it. And then when it was about to come to Broadway, they were doing one last workshop that I auditioned for. I got it, but I turned it down oh. to do another, an, off, an acapella musical off-Broadway called In Transit that didn't really run that long. But, yeah. it, but at the time, I was like, I want this challenge. I want to I like see what this is about. So they did that workshop without me. And then when the show moved to Broadway, they still called and said, well, will you come and do the show on Broadway? So I did. And I was one of maybe three people who didn't do any of those workshops. Yeah. And the show was done. I mean, the show was already, it was brilliant. It was written. So the rehearsal process was basically about getting us up to speed and like little tweaks. I think they added one song. They changed a lot of lyrics and a lot of the dialogue, but there was only like one song added at that point, which is not typical for a new Broadway show. Yeah. And then you start out in the ensemble, Mm -hmm. right? Eventually you... And then I became the doctor in like the second or third year of the run. And I did it for, I did that show for seven years off and on. Like they they were great. They let me leave. I did a lot of like um, guest star stuff in New York at the time. And I left to do a couple shows like at Studio Theater in DC, Uh some stuff like that. Yeah. That's cool. But they were great. They always, it was family. Like they always let me come back. And so you got to do the famous uh, maggots in my scrotum line, (laughs) which is really funny (laughs) and really gross. Yeah. I mean, it's really gross when people stop you on the street and they're like, hey, maggots in my scrotum. (laughs) Especially when nobody around knows what the hell they're talking about. Like, hey, buddy. Like, yeah, yeah. It's nice to be known as the Thank maggots you. scrotum guy. You know? Yeah, it's a, that's a blessing and a curse, right? Because <laughs> it's a cool to be recognized when the thing they're saying to you, the other people Is it like, a blessing? I think it's well, just a curse. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. I don't know. Look, you had the thing with the acapella show. You know, I had a similar thing happen to me with, uh, with acapella group named Pentatonics. They wanted me to join, and I said no. Um, <laughs> I think I made group. the right choice. I haven't heard of them since. Uh, <laughs> Well, congrats on all this. Oh, you know, you were telling me also, You did you share, uh, you had a dressing room with Andrew Rannells? Yeah, when uh, we both did Hairspray together. Ah, oh, that's back cool. Back in <laughs> 1925. Like. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, <laughs> but look, I was, my family's very hard hit by the Depression. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> but people were still paying $100 to come <laughs> see Hairspray cor- on Broadway. Correct. You know? <laughs> yeah, we shared a dressing room there. And then we also did Book of Mormon together. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I always find him super... There's, I don't think there's anything he can't do. I've seen him do drama. I think I've seen him be really funny. He can sing. I mean, you're right. There's, there's nothing he can't. He's amazing. He's yeah. always been. When you're sharing, is there a certain, I don't know, if there's, a, is there a camaraderie when you're sharing like a dressing room with somebody during a show? Yeah, Does it become like know, a roommate situation? It's, it's fam. It's more like family because it's good and then it's not good. Yeah, because <laughs> you're around yeah. them too much. You spend a lot of time with those same people. You, you spend more time with them than you do your family. Right. Especially when you don't live in New York. You know, we work six days a week, one day off, 52 weeks a year, you know? So yeah. you spend, you see them every day. And usually even on your day off, you end up seeing people you work with. Really cool that you did all those shows. I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of in awe of people that do those things. I'm just like, wow, I don't know how you guys do that. I'm an actor myself, but like Broadway and Pantages Amundsen is like a to me, is a whole nother level. You know yeah. what I mean? So <laughs> It's rough, though. It's a different lifestyle. You know, I, I, like, you know, everybody on Broadway envies people who do TV and film, especially TV, because you get real weekends. Yeah. I, like, I, I don't know what a real weekend is. I haven't had a real weekend right. in 23 years. Our weekends are Monday. That's it. Do you feel like it's similar to, you know, if, if you're in a band and you're touring, 
Mm-hmm. You think it's a similar type? Other than you don't have to travel as much, I guess. Maybe. Most tours sit down for two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Typically, like some of the more popular ones will sit down for a few months at a time, like Hamilton tours. Some of the, like in the bigger cities, they'll sit down for a few months at a time. Or luckily, like, you know, at the Pantages, we get a year run there, which is pretty unheard of these days, you know? Right. That is a long run. So, I mean, it just just depends on the show, like what the tour is like. Typically, they're not overnight for union tours. It's not like one-nighters. Well, we're, you know, we're kind of in the holiday season right now. So I was kind of thinking about this too. And you had mentioned you know, how the shows don't really, they don't really stop for the holidays. So it's like when you're on one of those shows, you don't really get, let's say, wherever your family is, you don't really necessarily get a week to go back and visit them. Right. So what are those holidays like? Because I imagine you're probably hanging out with your castmates or something similar. For the most part. I mean, when you're out of town, when you're on tour, it's a little different because the company, like Thanksgiving, they'll throw a Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas. They'll have like a Christmas dinner for the company, like everybody who's working on the show, backstage, on stage, yeah. management. In New York, it's a little different because pretty much they assume everyone is home. But if you're not from New York, you don't really get to be with your family unless you fly home for 24 hours. You right. know, like we're the entertainment. Yeah. So we have to entertain on the holidays when people are available. You know, Thanksgiving is a big week in New York with all the people coming in for the parade. So typically most Broadway shows will do nine shows instead of eight Thanksgiving week. So it's just packed. Like sometimes you'll get the day off, but you'll have two shows the day before, two shows the day after, two shows the day after that. And you're just exhausted. I bet. You know, but that's when those shows can make money because so many people are in, in the city at the time. And Christmas, it's the same thing. Typically you'll get maybe Christmas Eve off, or maybe Christmas Day, but rarely will you get both. So I was like I was telling you earlier, in the last 20 years, I haven't spent more than two days home, like with my family for Christmas, except for during the pandemic. And you grew up in Kansas? Kansas. Well, I was I was born in Kansas and Topeka, and okay. both of my parents were in the Air Force. Oh. So I moved around a lot. I lived in England for four years, Louisiana, Virginia, and then I was back in Kansas for all of high school. How old were you when you lived in England? First through fourth grade. So I'm curious, like what, you know, you were five years, so you're old enough to kind of remember, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what was that like having that transition to England? And then... I mean, I was a kid, so it just was normal. Yeah. there, There was nothing different about it. And also, when you live on a military base, it's a little different because you're around a lot of people uh, from all okay. over the place. Yeah. So it didn't necessarily feel like this huge shift. Everyone spoke the same language. Right. Um, if you're going to school, though, are you going to a normal school off the base? No, I went to school on base. On the base. Yeah. Okay, so you really are kind of insulated and you, you're with a lot of American or yeah, Air Force kids. Yeah, for the most kids. part. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there were a lot of British people around. And like when we first moved there, we didn't live on base. So we lived out in this little village called Finching Field. So yeah, we were in the middle of all the, the British people. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite thing that you eat that's a normal thing to eat in England that's kind of hard to get here? The traditional English breakfast is ah, my favorite. It's okay. So, I mean, it's disgusting, but it's like <laughs> meat and beans. Yeah. <laughs> which I love. I mean, I think that's like everything you need for breakfast. I think I know one place you can get that out here. Oh, yeah? I think, I think so. There's a place called Robin Hood. Uh-huh. I think you can get it at Robin Hood in the okay. valley here. Don't quote me on that. I mean, you uh, could but, probably get them to make it anywhere because it's just yeah. it's just like bacon sausage right. and baked beans. But yeah, uh, Robin Hood, which is, I think it's in Sherman Oaks, and you can get like a, any of those pasties there. Uh-huh. Get like the curry pie. 
get like a bangers and mash, mm-hmm. the treacle. Pudding, treacle tart. Yeah, or you yeah. can get like a spotted dick. Yeah. Custard. <laughs> <laughs> English food is so weird. It sounds so weird. It's weird yeah. But it's good. You know, like those like, I feel like if you're a meat and potatoes person, yeah. you love English food. Oh, I, you know? I, I go to Robin Hood. Well, I haven't been there in a couple of years now, just because the bars are all closed for a while, and I just haven't gone back. Uh-huh. But but I did used to go there a lot. Yeah, they have the nice fish and chips there. Yeah. So if you you know if you're craving that kind of food, you can go to Robin Hood in yeah. Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm always interested in people that lived abroad for a while. I'm kind of jealous of people that got to live abroad for. A while. I mean, I've visited you know mm. Europe. I was in the Navy, so I've seen places for very short amounts of time. Yeah. Spain, I think, is my favorite place in Europe. Oh, yeah. Spain is really fun. I would love to. I haven't been to Spain. I've been to Italy. Which is amazing. Yeah? Yeah. I really loved Italy. That's cool. And Amsterdam. Oh, I've never been to Amsterdam. How was that? Great. I mean, yeah? Amsterdam is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you also, you know, like you mentioned a little bit, you worked on some of these shows that are, I, I consider them very like East Coast shows, Boardwalk Empire, mm-hmm. Law and Order, right? I, th- yeah. I assume they're all like cast out of New York, probably. Yeah, they were all cast out of New York. All shot in New York. I did some, uh, a bunch of like CBS shows. The Good Fight, is that Good also Fight. cast out yeah. of there? Madam Secretary. Madam Secretary. Mm-hmm. I mean, all big shows. What's the biggest difference? This is a stupid question, but what's the biggest difference between like <laughs> doing something like Hamilton and doing the, the, the TV shows? I mean, or what's the thing that you enjoy the most? Well, you know, the thing that I, that like struck me <laughs> when I first started doing TV is how, this is going to sound terrible, but how spoiled TV actors are. Oh, no, yeah. You know, what you do I theater, totally know you, what you're saying, yeah. You do everything for yourself. Right. Like, nobody holds your hand mm-hmm. for anything. And, on, and I got to the set for TV, and they're like, uh, Mr. Wilson, can we get you water? Can we do this for you? And they, like, take you everywhere. They guide you. They're like, we're ready for you on set, and they wait for you. In theater, it's like places, and yeah. and you got to get yourself there, and you right. like right. do your costume changes and and stuff like that. So that w- that shocked me, and I was, and even um, when I did my the first episode of Law and Order, I did. I'm used to rehearsal. I come from theater. I'm used to rehearsing and figuring everything out in rehearsal. And on TV, they don't really do that at all. Nope. Really. So we nope. did it. We did. I did a read with the two series regulars that were in the scene. Read the scene once. That was it. Then they went to hair and makeup. And then they're like, okay, bring in the B team. And the B team is doing, it was like a walk-in talk. And the B team is doing it. And I'm just standing there watching. And I was like, I asked one of the directors. And I was like, can I do it? Can I get up and do it? And it was like no one had ever asked that before. Right. And they were like, well, it's the B team is doing it. And I was like, yeah, but I'm filming it. And I would love to just like walk it a couple times. And they're like, lots of calls on the radio to see if that was possible. Yeah. And then they let me do it. And then the the guy who was my stand-in, I felt bad. He like was looked like he was offended. And I was like, I- I'm sorry. I just, yeah. it just I, w- I would just like right. to walk it a few right. times. But I guess people don't do that. That's not a thing that right. people do in TV. They but, hear you and they're talking. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if he knows he's gonna miss the soba noodles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care about that. <laughs> I want to get the blocking. I want to get. But you know, when you're, I guess, when you're a pro, when you do that much TV, it just comes natural. You know, you. I told him we have the spotted dick for dessert. He doesn't care. He wants to do the scene. <laughs> it is interesting. I don't know if you've been on a set TV set recently. It's even weirder with all the the, the mask things, you know, uh-huh. because. 
you'll be masked the whole time until they're like, you know, rolling, speed. Uh-huh. Okay, everyone take your mask off. And sometimes there's a guy that comes around with trays and you have your own tray that you put your mask in. Really? And then when they cut, he comes back with your tray and you take your mask and you put it back, you know. See, it's amazing how efficient that is. Because in theater, we have to wear masks. Back- everyone yeah. is masked backstage. Yep. And a lot of the crew has face shields on too, mm-hmm. like especially the dressers who are right yeah. next to you. But, you know, you're responsible for your own mask right. and taking it off and putting it on. No one ever stepped on stage with a mask on that... I oh, that saw, would be interesting. You know, that would be um, kind of funny. Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons because it is weird. It's a weird thing. I had a whole thing a while back where I was like, oh man, I felt bad because they made me, I went somewhere and then they're like, oh, it's lunch. And then they're like, oh, you have to go in front of all these extras to eat. And yeah. I feel so bad because I'm like, oh, why though? And they're like, yeah, yeah but you have to be back there before them. It's You're, a, it's a cla- there's a I class. Mean, <laughs> yeah. So it, there's a reason for it. But the thing with, yeah, the, the thing with, like you're saying with the, they'll go get you the water is like, because I've seen it where like, Actors will like get lost and then they're like, oh, now we don't know where he is. So it's just easier if they go get the water and bring it back. They're like, so yeah. we, they know where you are. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's nice. <laughs> no, it's I nice. Being spoiled, no, yeah, but yeah. it just is so different when you come from theater. You I know? understand. I mean, it's, di- it's different than everything else in life, yeah. I think. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> like, I don't, okay, you can take my mask. Oh, <laughs> water. Yes. Uh, yeah. Still and uh, you know, room temperature. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's easy to be like, oh, well, I can just do it myself. But then, you know, that's somebody's job. It is somebody's job. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. But yeah, the whole mask thing is like on and off. It's just like, it's, it takes a lot. I feel like it takes, I mean, I, it's necessary. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. We're all trying to stay healthy, but it's, it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the days are longer a little bit. But it's normal now. I yep, mean, it is. There are probably think, a million things over the last hundred, hundred years that have just become the norm like that. Yeah. You know, you know I was, uh, I was just on a set where they were using one of those, uh, little smoke machines. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was curious. I was like, oh, this is kind of like a, almost like a kid's teen show that we're on. I was like, I wonder why we're using the smoke machine in this room that doesn't need to be smoking. He's like a couple things. He said, one, it doesn't look like smoke on camera. It yeah. makes it look more like film. Instead of like that soap opera look where it yeah. looks real, like you can tell it's on a set. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And the other thing is they discovered, I guess, those smoke machines, whatever it is, if there's a virus in the air, that 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 whatever that molecule is that comes out of the smoke machine, it kind of covers that stuff up. Oh, it, it envelops. It's a weird thing. Uh-huh. He was saying it's like when you make a roux in French cooking. You put butter and something else surrounds the butter, uh-huh. I guess, or something like that. When you make a roux, ah, it's it's a weird thing. But I was like, wow, I these science things I would never thought of myself. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. So it's cool that everybody has their own job and the things they know, because I don't know any of these things. So. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Boardwalk Camper, what'd you do on that show? Uh, I was a bartender. At you the, know, with, oh, gosh, what was... Now this was this show was like twenty years. Was it at years the bar? Ago. Was it at the bar that they had the was, club that somebody had? Yeah, the club. Yeah. Okay. In like in the last couple seasons. Yeah. Was that Chalky with club? Nookie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was Chalky White's club. Yeah. Did you ever get to work with uh, Michael K. Williams? Yeah. That day he was there. Oh gosh, Steve Buscemi and I cannot remember his name, but um, Steve Buscemi's brother. Yeah. Shay. Oh, Shay Wiggum. Shea, yeah. Yeah. Shay Wiggum. So he was good. great. Which yeah. I I was like in holding with him. Mm-hmm. We had our chairs next to each okay. other, and I I feel like he's from Kansas because I know I we think talked he is about from the Midwest. Yeah. yeah. He was he was really cool. Michael K. Williams, man, he was so talented. So I mean, incredible. Yeah. Uh, and that character on the wire was just like the best. Like, Everything he did. Oh yeah. Everything he did, even um the the last show he did, Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country, he so was good. so good. Yep. Wow, it's real sad. Yeah, it's a big uh, loss. But I mean, he left behind a great amount of really good work, though. So that's mm-hmm. that's great that we get to see that and we can watch it. And clearly, everybody that worked with him loved him. Yeah, I mean, his talent was undeniable. It's not one of those guys where people are like, 
I don't know. Right. You know, everyone <laughs> agrees that guy is great. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, that I saw a thing at the, because uh, the wire took place in Baltimore, right? Uh-huh. So, the, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, the football team in Baltimore, they took the field to the the soundtrack of Omar whistling. Oh, his, really? His, the farmer in the Dell whistling. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the, the little haunting <laughs> whistling thing he would do and the people would be like, Omar! Uh-huh. And they could take off running. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really cool, like, tribute that they did to him, man. Like, Oh, man. I hate to praise anything that the Ravens do because I was, when I, when I was really into football, I was a Steelers fan. Steelers had a tough decade. They haven't had a losing season, though, in a long time. No, but they also here. See, I'm talking about football again. <laughs> they've they've had a team that should they they should have been Super Bowl champs like ten years in a row <laughs> with the with the, the the talent they had. They had a lot of talent on that team. Yeah, yeah, they did. And now Big Ben's like too old and Big Ben still yeah. there. Man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, hey, well, sidetracked. Right. <laughs> well, before you go any further, we did have a great uh, breakfast at. Patty's restaurant. Patty's, yeah. Patty's with one T. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> like Pat, misspelled Patty. Yeah, it looks like it's supposed to be Patsy's, Patsy's or That's what I called it for the longest time, Patsy's. And or Patey's? a friend of mine was like, like no, it's it's Patty's. <laughs> I, I should have looked up why it's called that, but I find that it's a great I always notice the sign because like, every time I drive mm. by, I was like, it's spelled wrong. <laughs> driving by. That's spelled wrong. And this was your first time eating there. <laughs> first right? time eating there. And it's it's literally, you know, if you guys listen to the show. It's, what, two blocks away from Bob's Big Boy? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also almost right across the street from the Sweet Greens, right? You get Caesar salads all the time, mm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> In between them is Mendocino Farms, another great sandwich place I like. And, oh, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so we both had the huevos, huevos. rancheros. Yeah. If you guys haven't had that, it's, like, it's you got, like, some corn tortillas. You got a couple of fried eggs on top of that, some refried beans, mm-hmm. some uh, Spanish rice, probably. Mm-hmm. And what is there, like, ham? No. Is there meat in there? I don't think there was. Uh, no, I don't think there is. Some, oh, and there's some kind of like a tomato, like tomatillo a sauce yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. It was really good. And then we also had the, uh, what do you think of the blueberry My favorite. pancake? I mean, uh, that's why I go there. Yeah? Um, yeah. I've, I've, I've been gluten-free for like 11 years okay. when I found out I had a gluten allergy. And I always like look up who has good gluten-free pancakes. And I found patties because of that. And they, because I'm obsessed with blueberry pancakes. And they're so good there. So good. I will agree with you. And I'll say specifically what I loved about it. Well, one, they put the blueberries like in inside. Mm -hmm. So they're nice and moist and in there. And also they do the thing which somebody told me, I guess it's with butter or some kind of oil where they make it a little crispy. The edges and the top are a little bit crispy instead Mm -hmm. of it just being this soft kind of doughy pancake. You got the little film of crispiness and that's on the outside. that's That's what elevates a pancake to like. To me, genius level, right? Yeah. Still soft and fluffy on the inside. Yep. Definitely soft and fluffy on the inside and a little crispiness on the outside. I mean, ah. And they will do, they'll do the fruit however you want it. Like you can do the fruit inside, you can do the fruit on top, you can do it on the side, not Mm. have no fruit. I like wherever it's hardest for them to do it. The inside. <laughs> I'm not doing it the outside. That's make them work. Do, that's right. <laughs> that's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Same with when I'm on set and they say, what do you want for breakfast? I want oatmeal, but I want the bacon with it, but inside the oatmeal, not. <laughs> and I want it fresh. And also, I don't want room temperature water. I don't want chilled water. I want it in between the exact middle point. <laughs> you don't know what that is? Figure it out. Figure it out. And I'll know if you're lying. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh man no look thanks for taking me there it was really it was really nice the service really it's kind of an old school la vibe diner vibe that you know mm-hmm. everyone knows i love that 
But if that's why it feels like New York, like diners feel like New York to me. Yeah. Maybe just because I, I'm from the Midwest and New York was my first experience with uh-huh. real diners. So it feels a little bit like being back in New York. We had a whole conversation a couple of shows back about the egg cream. Hard to get the egg cream out here. I don't uh, know. I, I know that from like TV shows. Oh, like, yeah. It's uh, it's something. Is it like a shake? It's like something like seltzer water with some chocolate syrup in it. And that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. That sounds it's almost like it's almost like it's <laughs> almost like chocolate. It's almost like Yoohoo, but with bubbles. Okay. And it's and the first time you drink it, like, why are there bubbles in this thing? Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. But I always get one when I go to New York. And always, it's a popular yeah. thing. Like people still I don't know if it's a, still a popular thing, but it's I think it's a traditional New York thing. I don't yeah. know if it's still popular. Oh, okay. So people get it for like the nostalgia. Yeah, like, like how the baked Alaska used to be it. very popular. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I had that adult, was it Delmonico's in New York? Uh-huh. That's a, that place was super old school when we went there. Yeah. Oh, there's cool. a lot of those old school yeah. restaurants. Oh, there's a, a Italian restaurant in Times Square that's like family style servings. Yeah. I'm never going to remember the name of it, but it's one of those places I knew from like movies and stuff growing yeah. up. Yeah. It was fun to have the experience. Speaking of New York, there's a lot more good delis, I think, in New York, right? Mm-hmm. There's some good ones here, and then some, and then the, there's the one that was like the big kind of chain out here called Jerry's Famous Deli, uh-huh. which is like, I guess they're all gone, which is I thought was insane because there was like so many of them, and they were always busy, and they were always open to like midnight, uh-huh. and now they're just all gone in L.A. It's I don't understand how some of these staples of a of a city are just none of them survived. Well, it's, but it's, like, but but younger generations, they know anything about that. Del- like, they probably don't go to delis. You I guess, know, but, I mean, so like, but this specifically happened like during COVID. Like, they oh, just all, I, see, I yeah. think, yeah, like right around then, they all went. Now there is Cantor's. Have you been to Cantor's? Yeah, Cantor's yeah. is I think the closest to a New York deli. I think because it kind of seems old school. I don't know. If it's exactly the same, but I don't know. I guess since I didn't really like, grow up on delis and stuff, yeah. it all like I just thought going to the deli was like going to a bodega, and there's bodegas on every corner in yeah. New York. Yeah, so I didn't. So I I didn't really like. I went to Katz's. I, I've been to like those places, but it wasn't the the big deal that it is right for other people to me. Do you like a matzo ball soup? Can't say I do. I don't know. Oh really? I ever had a, yeah. <laughs> That's it's, there's a place called the Edison Cafe. Okay. Oh, it's closed now, actually. Really? In the Edison Hotel. It was like old oh, school yeah, yeah. cafe. There was a play about it called Forty Five Seconds to Broadway, I think. Okay. And they were famous for their matzo ball soup. And people still talk about it. But I never it was not everything anything I ever got into. We talked a little bit about you had uh, you did one of the voices on uh, Frozen. Yeah, I was uh, one of the singing trolls, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? Because sometimes you know, like, let's say with Hamilton, you know that Lin-Manuel Miranda's involved. Mm-hmm. He's done some big shows already. She's like, this probably has a decent chance to be in a big show. But Frozen, I mean, who knows? Like, you're like yeah. you do this thing and all of a sudden you're like, oh, now it's like every kid. There's probably going to be 10 Frozen movies, yeah. TV show. Uh, well, but we weren't thinking that in the beginning. Like, that's what I'm like saying. Said, like, like, nobody knows. Isn't that weird? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, you do know that you're singing for an animated Disney movie. Yeah, of course. So it could yeah. be something. But right. nobody knows, like, how big it's going to be. Right. You know, it just so happened I was doing Book of Mormon at the time. Okay. And Bobby Lopez, who was one of the creators of Book of Mormon, wrote the music for Frozen with his wife. And asked me and some of the other people in the cast to just come and sing this song. So it was literally, we had one rehearsal at Stephen Aremus, the music director's house. And learned this song. We didn't know how it fit into yeah. <laughs> this. We didn't. We didn't really know anything other than what they told us. And they right. showed us some still images of what the trolls looked like. And that was kind of it. And the next time we saw or heard it was when we saw it in the theater. Now, when you see it in the theater, are you able to be like, "Oh yeah, I can hear my voice"? 
Mm, or are there like a, no. just a bunch I mean, of goblin if, voices at the same time? I, I guess if I could hear my voice, it means I wasn't blending, but you know, <laughs> which is not a good uh, thing. So. I, look, I would say it's it's very hard for you to, to not stand out. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but there were a lot of voices. I and guess then you're they right. Also, they also double you're right. everything, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I and I wasn't really listening that hard. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, maybe I, I could go back and like try to pick myself out, but no. I don't know. Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I'm assuming that you're as egotistical and uh, as I am, and have to like, no, that's, like that was that's, me. That was that, me. That, that, you I heard that, it. That one note, I, I I went off from everyone else. That's me. <laughs> I held it a little too long. Like, just me so again. Shut up. <laughs> we're trying to watch the movie, but that was me again. Hold well, let me. You were talking. Let me rewind it. This. <laughs> That little growl effect? Me. Yeah. I don't I honestly don't even think about that until some, you know, right. 13, 14 year old girl is like, You were in Frozen? I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess I guess I was. Well, look, you can only go from your own perspective. So it's always gonna be a bigger perspective of somebody that's like a fan of something than you that when you shot it yourself, because it's just like it's a job that I did. Yeah. I enjoy doing it. Well, it's more that it just it was like two days of my life. Yeah, like, that's true. It, I'm in yeah. my forty. Like that is yeah. so little amount of time. Whereas like these shows that I do, I spend years with yeah that i didn't know what it was i literally just went and sang something so right. i don't so it just doesn't didn't have that big of an impact yeah because i didn't work on it that long yeah. even though it's existed for what that was 2012 13 like it's existed for almost 10 years my part in it was so minuscule <laughs> like right. those two days before we get out of here mm-hmm. i gotta ask you for three quick recommendations from tomar wilson what's a a hidden gem show that you watch that people may not know Mmm, hidden gem. I mean, I guess it's not really a hidden gem, but uh, the Great British Bake Off is kind oh, of my obsession. So because, it, it, like I said, it's the stakes are low for me because yeah. I don't know how to bake, but right. I'm watching people who are good at what they do and yeah. they're all so nice and like they make amazing stuff. Yeah. We just had a whole thing about uh, Queen Amon on the show. Uh, like, I don't know if you remember Queen Amon. They, they make that. What is that? We'll talk about it later. We talked oh. about it so much on the show before, but it's like, <laughs> it's known as the fattest pastry in Europe. Oh, right? okay. It's delicious. You can uh-huh. get some in LA, but it's the, the Queen Amon. It's, it's a whole thing. Uh-huh. But yeah, but I just saw that the the holiday version of the Bake Off yes. is up, and I'm waiting for Tress to get back to town so that I can watch it. Because yeah, know, I haven't watched it yet because uh, because I'm going I'm going home. I'm oh, going okay, back, back to Kansas, and right. my mom is going to want to watch them. Okay, so yeah, the Bake Off that's that's her. a great that's a great one. What's something you watch just for fun? I would okay. So I have what I watch for fun is Into the Spider Verse. Woo! Because yes. that movie's amazing. I've yes. probably seen it twenty times now. Um, but but I have a sick day movie that I always watch, and it's oh, what's it called? The day after tomorrow. Do you remember that movie? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> okay, I always tell the story about this movie, and I always think, and people are always like, "That's stupid." I was like, "No, this would have made it awesome." Because there's a whole thing in the day after tomorrow. It's like when the the Earth is freezing, uh-huh. and if you don't, if you get caught in the cold thing, you just get frozen. Yeah, it's like right? a second ice age. Yeah, yeah, second ice age, but it's happening super fast. Uh huh. Oh, there's this dog running. It would have been amazing if this dog got caught halfway and the back half of the dog is frozen and it just keeps running and it's got all these entrails like just <laughs> from behind just it. Falling off. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, why does that not happen? Somebody has to get caught halfway and continue going, right? Someone's like a horse has to be running and its tail falls off. That never happened in the movie. Oh my That's God. what I was missing is the re the realism in this very real uh I say this type movie. <laughs> not enough realism. That's right. That is a super entertaining movie to watch, though. Yeah. It uh, is. I don't know why. I mean, I, I, it's just fun, and also I, I, I'm a sucker for father son stories. Yeah, and like I guess a father who is gonna 
trek through a second ice age to go save his son. Right. Like has a, a special place in my heart. But for some reason, when I get sick, I want to watch that movie. I want to lay on the couch and watch that movie. Yeah. Well, if you like those kind of father-son touching shows, you should watch Succession. Uh, <laughs> just all love yes. and like warmth. <laughs> anyway, uh, what is a, what is a movie or show that inspires you? Moonlight is yeah. the most inspiring movie I've ever seen. I saw it twice the week it came out, and it's just so beautiful. Barry Jenkins is it's really great, incredible. It's so beautiful and such like an amazing study in the yep. character of these people. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. I'm with you on that one. And that's a I like reading that screenplay too. It's a pretty great screenplay. Well, thank you for those recommendations. Those are yeah, all great. absolutely. Guys, if you'd like to get more Brentfast stuff, such as pictures of Tomar Wilson and I enjoying our Brentfast from Patty's Restaurant, go to my website, brentpope.com. You can list all the Brentfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances and the official Brentfast store with a bunch of fun stuff. Shirts, mugs, stickers, masks, plaster of Paris, Tomar Wilson handprints at the $3.99. <laughs> it's a bargain, guys. Holidays, you know, even if there's the holidays are past, you can still buy them for a late holiday gift. People of Earth, do yourself a favor by picking up something from the breakfast store. <laughs> and if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Brentfast and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Brentfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 48 other countries. We're so close to 50, guys. And trust me, my breakfast burrito brigade, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the Brentfast slicing and dice. So much preach. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Marco Leon, for making me sound so good. Yeah. Tomar Wilson, where can we find you on social media and what's uh, what do you got going on? I am at Tomar W on Instagram, T-O-M-M-A-R. Mm-hmm. I'm at Tomar Wilson on Twitter. And I don't really know anything about, I don't really know what TikTok is. Oh, yeah, I tried it. I'm not good at it. And I do it once every six months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to watch it sometimes, though. There's certain people I watch on TikTok, but I'm not good at the TikTok. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm <laughs> with you leave, there. I'll leave it to the kids. Look, you know? we're both uh, in our 30s now. Uh, and so, boy. Tomar Wilson, thank you so much for coming in. So much great inside info and cool stuff that that you gave us access to. And I, I really appreciate it. And it's, and it's just fun hanging out with you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This is great. And with that, we put another nonstop episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See you.